Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, are you excited for uh, a couple days off? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like the break that we got before the first round. Yeah. Kind of strange. I, it looked like Philly was on its way to a sweep and the Heat finished first. So, yeah, the Heat will have a big rest advantage, it seems like, over their second round opponent. Yeah, we are uh, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, last night, the Heat wrapped up that series against the Hawks. No Jimmy Butler, no Kyle Lowry, uh, and it didn't matter. The Heat um, in control for basically the entire uh, – I think they led for probably the entire second half. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, makes one light, late defensive stop to beat the Hawks. Um, a lot of different storylines coming out of that game. Let's start, though, with Victor Oladipo just because I think that is the coolest one. Um, to see him, you know, he, in, uh, game four, right, he got, he was a contributor with, with Kyle Lowry out. They needed another guy in the backcourt. Vic stepped up. Um, you know, not like big box score numbers or whatever, but, but doing, you know, playing that role player role that I think both of us thought he maybe was going to at some point in the playoffs. Obviously, we know about his, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about his defensive potential and, and just kind of like his, veteran poise that he can bring to this group. Um, but in game five, he was, it was like a throwback. It was sort of the old Victor Oladipo uh, leads the team in scoring. Um, obviously doing the two way thing that the heat kind of, the, I mean, that a game like last night is what the heat envisioned, obviously kind of is the best case scenario when they signed him. Um, ideally the heat won't need that. Uh, again, because Jimmy and, and Kyle will be back, and those opportunities are just not going to exist for for Vic. But um, uh, that was that was kind of considering that like it was a foregone conclusion, basically that the Heat were going to beat the Hawks. It was just a matter of where they're going to yeah. get it done in five, six, or seven at this point. Um, the Victor Oladipo of it all made it uh, made last night's game kind of really compelling. Yeah, I mean, it, he. He wasn't in the rotation to start the playoffs, obviously. Right. And injuries kind of opened things up for him. The Kyle Lowry injury mm-hmm. in game four. He, you know, Vic played off the bench. Then Kyle and Jimmy were out in game five. Vic starts. Uh, you know, basically, it's kind of – it was crazy to see, but he was the one initiating offense for most right. of the night. Not Tyler Hero. Like, Tyler was giving it to him to lead the offense and, you know, attack the paint and penetrate and dish out um, and create offense. Uh, for the Heat. So he was kind of like the primary offensive engine for the Heat most of the night, which was just kind of surprising to see only because he wasn't in the rotation a few games ago. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was – the question I left I left with uh, was how do you keep Victor out of the rotation at this point, right? I mean, we talk about fit. We talk about how the Heat want to emphasize spacing, and that's all true. Um, and Vic's not going to play that role when Jimmy and Kyle both come back. He's not going to have the ball in his hands that much. That's true. But Vic is very clearly one of this, you know, one of the team's seven or eight best players. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep him out of the rotation? Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's a good problem to have, as Eric right. Social would say, a high class problem. Um, but I kind of think, and I, you know me, David, I've been one to say I don't think Vic's going to play much in the playoffs. Yeah. There'll be spots, but he's not going to have the consistent minutes. Because the, you know the Heat have a style they want to play. After what we've seen the last two games, I might be overreacting a little bit, but I don't know how the Heat could keep him out of the consistent rotation. And that could mean less minutes for Duncan. That could mean less minutes for Caleb. 
That could mean going to maybe a 10-man rotation. I don't think that'll happen, but I guess they could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do think Vic has earned some playing time here uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think he's earned a shot, right? And th- that's kind of the thing is – so a couple of things I guess we should note. One, in his last three games, he's been awesome. Because you go back to the last game of the regular season where he scored 40. Plus four, because in Toronto he was really good too. Right, Toronto too. Yeah, so he's been good. So there is maybe – so the one thing I will say before we, we jump too much into, like, Victor Oladipo, no doubt, part of the rotation, is, like, it was spotty throughout the regular season, right? It was not, like, you know, there was a good night, and then there was, you know, there was a bad night. There was, there was, he was not this Victor Oladipo every single night, and there were some nights where you're, like, you know, probably three weeks ago, we were, like, you know, like you said, we were, like, he's not going to be in the rotation. He can't be in the rotation. He's not, he's not back yet, and they've got too many other good options. Um so I think that's the one one aspect where it's like maybe maybe it's an overreaction, but at the same time, like I said, his last four starts or his last four games have all been really good, and maybe he is just he's finally like clicked, right? Maybe he's trending in the right direction, and now you know he's, he's not gonna like I said he's not gonna do what he did on on Tuesday night every night once uh, the second round series starts and presumably Jimmy Butler and, and Kyle Lowry are back, but. He has that capability. Maybe that, that that's the optimist view of it. Uh, the pessimist view is, I would say, kind of what I was saying earlier, that he was up and down in the regular season. Um, and maybe the Hawks just aren't that good. Um, you know, they were had to get out of the plan to obviously get into this game. So that's definitely a distinct possibility, too. But with all that said, I think that means he deserves a shot, right? And we don't know yet who the Heat are going to play in – uh, the second round, I, the odds, I would say, are still uh, pretty good in, in Philly's favor just because no one has ever blown a 3-0 series lead. Um, but obviously, uh, it's looking pretty dicey uh, for them right yeah. now. Um, but I think, you know, when that series starts, give Vic a shot, right? You, you, you still gotta, You still can have him with a short leash. Um, you know, they've, had, they've done that with a lot of guys, right? Duncan Robinson gets a short leash, and that guy's the third highest paid player on the team, um, fourth highest paid player on the team, I guess. Um, you know, it's it's just the way this Heat team works, and I think, you know, Victor Oladipo, there, there's only so many guys on this team who are, like, no doubt they're going to get their X amount of minutes every night, right? Kyle, Jimmy, uh, Bam. That's kind of it, right? Everyone else, it's like, is, you know, Struce lately, but, but if Struce has a bad shooting night and, you know, Duncan Robinson hit, what was it, seven threes in game one, then he gets to be the guy. Like, that's how it's going to just have to work with, with Victor Oladipo, too. They, they can ride him until he runs into a rough night and then they can change things again. It's, it's unorthodox for the playoffs, as we said, you know, most teams have a set rotation in the postseason. Um, or at least set series by series, depending on the matchups. He can really ride the hot hand in a way that not a lot of teams do. And that, I mean, that was really the story of the first round series, basically, was Duncan Robinson wins him game one, Jimmy Butler wins him game two and, and four, and then Jimmy is hurt, and Victor Oladipo wins them game five. Like, they, they've, they've got the depth of options that, no one else does. It's it's so funny to me that we're talking about the Heat like this because it was the number one question mark we had at the start of the year, and now, yeah, you know, it's the number one strength. It's like them and them and Memphis are in like a different tier from everyone else at the depth. It feels like. 
Yeah, it's amazing. It's kind of amazing. I think we take yeah. it for granted that they just won a game, a playoff game. With Jimmy uh, Butler and Kyle series, Lowry out? Yeah. Yeah, a series clinching win without Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. Um, and they can just bring a former all-star off the, you know, off the bench to start. And yeah. he scores whatever, 23 points. Yeah, um, that, that two yeah. of their, like, five most valuable players in the series were, like, Max Struess and Caleb Martin. <laughs> yeah. And Gabe Vincent, right. Yeah, and no, Gabe Vincent, yeah, yeah, sorry, Gabe Vincent, right, yeah. yeah. Um, I, regarding Victor, yeah, I mean, his regular season was, there were shaky moments and it, it seemed sometimes he didn't fit, um, with the core, but I, I think we have to remember that he played in like eight regular season mm-hmm. games and like the first three or four were like the first week he was back after missing yeah. more than a year, almost a year. Um, and really for the last three, four years, like he hasn't played much basketball. So of course he's going to take him some time to get into rhythm, and he keeps saying that even even after Game Five when he's you know has a really good performance to eliminate the Hawks, he's you know he's like I, I got to get better. I feel like I'm slowly getting better. I'm still rehabbing. Like this is still a rehab process for me. I just came back you know less than two months ago from mm-hmm. a year long absence. Like it's going to take me a while. I and mean, we've seen it with Clay with Golden State, right? Like it took him a little right. bit. He's still working his way back. Um, but I think we see it. Like it's pretty clear. Vic looks a lot better than he did. Yeah. on March 7 when he returned. So I, I don't know how much you can base off based off of like what, you know, those first few games were like. And I think that's why we, you know, so many of us are like, well, he doesn't, you know, maybe he shouldn't be in the rotation, but he's a different player than he was two months ago. And I think he's going to get continue getting better. Uh, the biggest question mark I have with Victor, and we could move on to a different topic after this, but is again, how he fits when, when, when Jimmy and right. Kyle aren't in there. You know, he's, he's not going to have the ball in his hands that much. Um, he's not a spot-up shooter, even though he's shut the ball fairly well in the last few weeks. Um, he's not the best, you know, three-point shooter. So ideally, you want Duncan out there, you want Max out there, you want Gabe out there, guys who are, you know, more consistent spot-up three-point shooters. So I, I think he gets a shot, like you said, in the second round. I think he's earned that. Um, but I'm just still not sure, I guess, if it will last because I don't know how he'll look when the roster is fully healthy, you know, with around that core. Yeah, and again, the matchup will probably dictate it a little bit too, right? True. Like if, if they play Philly, they got to play bigger. They just have to, and maybe it cuts out some of the, the opportunities to use Victor Oladipo. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the couple of things, well, one a couple last points on this topic. One, we've been it's kind of the lineup we've been talking about all year is that like super death defensive lineup um, that we've been kind of waiting to see, right? With Kyle, Vic, Jimmy, Bam, um, and Caleb Martin, you know, just pick your boys on the, kind of who the last guy would be with that group. Or you play with them with Tyler Hero and, and get that, like, let him kind of run the offense. We, that's still, like, the the way that I think Vic can potentially, you know, if they're winning and they want to try to clamp down in the second half, he's going to be able to help you a lot in that regard. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, the, uh, you know, the, it, the fit will remain – uh, a question mark until we kind of see it because you have to remember when when they signed Victor Oladipo to this one year deal, or even when really when they when they traded for him last year, um, you know Tyler Hero was not the player he is yet. Kyle Lowry was not on the team. Like he he was he was acquired with the thought that he could be the the driver, the creator um, that the Heat needed at the time, and and they've obviously between the trade for Kyle Lowry and just Tyler Hero becoming the most improved player. Uh, or six man of the year and, and a most improved player candidate um, that changed the entire complexion of this roster. And um, 
you know, it it makes it it's, it's again we just haven't seen it, right? His his two best games came when Kyle Lowry was out. Like he, he was needed, he stepped in. Um, but yeah, so so Spo's got a the good thing is he's got a week to think about it. Um, they're not practicing today or tomorrow. They'll get back at it over the weekend, and um, you know he's got time to think about not just the matchups, but how different lineups can look together. Yeah, how I mean, like you said, you, you talk about Duncan winning game one. After the eight of nine performance, yeah. game one, he was two of ten the rest of the series. Right. Three. You know, obviously not great, and he didn't even put up many shot attempts. There were some games he didn't even play many minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think this. I think what we learned from this first round series is, I know it's cliche, and sometimes we roll our eyes when Eric Spolster says this, but there really is no nine man rotation with this team. Like yeah. it's just going to be probably a group of like ten or eleven guys that. Just depending on the night, depending on who's hot, depending on the matchup, nine of those eleven guys are going to play like extended minutes. Other than that, you know, might just you know that might just change from game to game. But we just know that it's going to be nine of those eleven that will get most of the minutes each game. And it might be Duncan, it might be Victor, it might be Caleb, it might be Gabe, um, but it's going to change. It's not going to be consistent. Uh, before we move on to some other bigger topics, uh, obviously, as we've Mentioned a couple of times here, Jimmy Butler sat out game five. Uh, knee inflammation was the the official diagnosis. Um, is there any concern that this could keep him out for the start of uh, round two, which would begin Monday? Yeah, I, I don't think there's concern uh, as far as him not being ready for round two. From what I understand, if there would have been a game six on Thursday, he probably would have played. Um, I know some people ask, well, be, we'll be like, why, well, why didn't he play Tuesday then? Um, but you know, he woke up that morning, not feeling great. The knee swell, you know, swelled up. I think he just took a cautious approach, you know, up three, one, yeah. um, which I understand. Um, but I, I think that he'll pretty, I'm pretty confident just by the fact that they he would have played Thursday, that he'll be ready Monday when round two begins. Obviously knee swelling, like that's not something you just overlook. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure that'll be a thing that they'll have to deal with for the next few weeks however long, you know, that he's played out from last. Um, but it doesn't seem like that'll keep him out uh, to start round two. And this break is obviously very beneficial for him. And Kyle Lowry, any any update there? Day to day. You know, ham, hamstrings are, are trickier, I think, um, because A, he's 36. B, hamstring, you don't want to come back before it's 100%. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was like a bad hamstring strain, but but – even a grade one hamstring strain uh, takes a couple weeks, two to three weeks to return from. Um, and, you know, Monday, game one of round two, it'll only be a week and a half from injury. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. He seems to be walking better for the last few days just from watching him on the bench. Um, the initial thought was it wasn't a serious hamstring injury, um, but that's the thing. It's it's just tricky with, with that type of injury. So, I would say I, I would expect him back early in round two, um, maybe game one, but I'm not as sure with Kyle and with Jimmy. All right, beyond Victor Oladipo in game five, the, the biggest story of the series, I think, was certainly the Heat's defense. And we, we, we dove into that a lot last week, um, but it kept up on in game four and five for the Heat to wrap up the series. Uh, hold Trey Young to, what was it, more turnovers than – Shots Their made goals. in the series. Yeah. yeah, pretty incredible. Um, again, like I said, we talked about it a lot last week, but 
that defensive performance. I've always been – it kind of has changed my mind on the Heat. I've always been of the, the, the mindset that I always favor offense over defense when you're kind of constructing lineups and rotations. Um, the Heat are obviously uh, one of two teams in the East now on to the second round. Um, I guess it could be three by the time we this goes up, right, to the Bucks. Yeah. I haven't even looked at the schedule. Right? The Bucks, Bucks could close it out tonight. Um, so. You know, you look at all these teams and, and the Celtics, obviously really impressive in round one. Um, but I, I also think at the same time that Nets team was – uh, kind of a mess when you look at how many minutes Blake Griffin was <laughs> playing in, in key moments. Um, not to say that the Hawks were any better than the Nets. Um, and, you know, Milwaukee has some big question marks right now with uh, with Chris Middleton's injury. Um, the second-round series that the Heat is looking at, I've, I mean, it's hard to know what we're going to be looking at right now considering how strange that Toronto-Philly series looks. But, um, you know, if depth is one superpower for the Heat, their number one superpower is defense, and I'm all in and just, like, try to hold teams to, like, 87 points and win the championship. Yeah, their defense is incredible. I mean, they have a, they've had a good defense all year, obviously. We yeah. talked about it all season, fourth-best defense of the regular season. Um, but what they did to the Hawks offense, and this isn't a Hawks offense that was, like, No, it was the best, best, best half-court offense in the NBA. Yeah, best half-court offense in the NBA, second-best offense in the overall offense in the regular season in the NBA. Trey Young, you know, fourth in scoring, ninth in assists, I think, and you hold him to 15 points a game on 32% shooting and 18% shooting on threes. Like, he, I don't, we could probably count on, like, two hands how many times he touched the paint in the series. Like, mm-hmm. the job that he did at just keeping him out of the paint in the half-court was incredible like he just couldn't get into the paint I mean Trey Young said it like it was the best defense he's ever seen yeah no like no one's pretty much guarded him like that ever uh, since high school he said um just picking him up the entire you know full court 94 feet for 48 minutes um that's not easy um even Bam out of bio asked him about the upcoming break the team has and he's like yeah we kind of need it like we've been picking up Trey Young full court for, <laughs> for five straight games like we're all tired yeah. Um, but they were able to sustain it, and they did not give him anything the entire series. I know he had that game winner in game three. Kind of happened in semi transition. He got free a little bit. That was like, even that game, though, he didn't play great, but he had that one moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you could just tell by the end of the end of the series, like they were in his head. He hit a, he hit a corner three, hit the side of the backboard late in game five that he was kind of open for. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we talk about the offense, the depth, all that, but the Heat is a championship contender because of its defense. Its yeah. defense is elite. It could arguably, I know the Celtics are very good defensively too, arguably the best defensive team in the NBA. Um, and if they're going to win a championship, it's, it's going to be because their defense is just special. Um, and we saw what it could do in the playoffs in round one when it has, you know, time to prepare for an opponent and scheme against an opponent. Yeah, the over-unders on uh, a potential Heat-Celtics oh, no. conference finals are going to be like 170. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and I, I, I said it last week. I think the Heat were a really good matchup for Trey Young for uh, defensively. Like they just yeah. have a lot of a lot of really a lot of bodies they could throw at him, and especially when, um, as I, I think I said it last week, that the Bam, you know. 
Bam is really equipped, like weirdly, because you think of like a big man, like what is he going to be good at defending his other big men? Re- weirdly, what he's best equipped to do is kind of kill those guards because those guard, you know, smaller guards make their living on getting switches and making like Nikola Jokic look like a fool or whatever, right? And they just can't do that with Bam. Like you said, they you could probably count on one hand the number of times that Trey Young even tested Bam. Um, in yeah. a series, it was very infrequent. Um, that's going to be different. Um, obviously, you know, if they play the Raptors, it's a, a you know, Fred VanVleet is going to be probably a, a guy that he can shut down in a similar way. They're very obviously very different players, Trey and, and VanVleet, but at the same time, smaller guards um, who the Heat just have a lot of different guys. I think they can throw at them. Um, at the same time, uh, Bam is also pretty well equipped, I guess, to guard. Pascal Siakam or, or uh, Joel Embiid. Um, I don't even know what to make of James Harden at this point, so I, I, I can't make a full judgment on how the, well he can defend him. Um, again, I think just think um, the, the bracket, as we said, right after it happened, broke really well, I think, for this team. Um, you look, I, I think, defend the, the more interesting defensive matchup to potentially be in the conference finals, whether, you know, what do you what do you do against Jason Tatum or, or uh, you know, Chris Middleton if he's, healthy and obviously Giannis um we've seen the Heat basically go uh one and one against him in the playoffs here over the last couple of years so um I, I think the matchup was was favorable I don't like you know I, I'm not saying since the Heat absolutely obliterated the Hawks that they're like the clear favorite in the East that was what they were supposed sure. to do yeah. and at the same time the Celtics were even more impressive but um I'll say that you know I did not expect their deep even though I know their defense is really good, I didn't expect it to shut down uh, Atlanta like it did. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know their defense is good. You know their defense is good. But the numbers that they held Atlanta to was just, yeah, how could you expect that? You know, I think we all, yeah. the, the whole conversation before the series was, well, Trey is going to get off, but, you know, there's nobody right. really else. Like, right. He's going to have a couple games where he scores 40 points and maybe the Hawks win one. He had nothing. <laughs> he didn't have any of those games. He didn't really have any of those moments or stretches. So, just the way they were able to hold them down the entire way was the most impressive thing. And I'll, and I'll you know, I'll, I'll say this is like to beat the Heat's defense, an offense has to have multiple. Right, that's the other like, thing. Scores. It's like Spo could just be like, we're gonna stop Trey Young. Yeah. No one else is gonna beat us. That's the luxury of being the one seed and getting to play an right. AC. Um, and yeah. it's not going to be the case in, especially because of some of the injuries the Hawks had with John Collins clearly not 100 percent and Clint Capella not playing. Um. In round yeah, two, you're either going to play a team that has Joel Embiid and James Harden and Tyrese Maxey or a team that has Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet and seemingly every, you know, Scotty Barnes and seemingly yeah. like eight other guys who can all get a bucket at, at random moments. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, teams who've seen have success against the Heat defense is because the Heat load up, right? They send extra help to guys whenever they're getting close to the paint. And that leaves other parts of the floor open, and teams with a multiple, you know, all-star scorers, attackers, can take advantage of that. Yeah. The Hawks weren't able to do that. They lo- they loaded up on Trey Young. Uh, Bogdanovich had a couple games where he shot the ball well. He got off a little bit mm-hmm. um, because of it, but they just didn't have that elite second scorer um, that the Hawks could make the Heat pay for the way they were playing defense. Um, so it's kind of like you said, the, the perfect matchup for the Heat defense where – it's like they're 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 built to shut down offenses yeah. like Atlanta's. 
still impressive because Atlanta's offense is really good and no, you know, not many teams had success against them this season, but um, still like looking back at it, this, this truly was the perfect matchup for the Heat's defense. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to, no matter who they play in the next round, they're not going to be able to shut a team down like that. They're going to, you know, they're going to need Jimmy to take over games like he did at times. They're going to need Bam to maybe score a little bit more. They're going to need Tyler Hero to play better. Um, it, it's even that, you know, as, 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 a disa- as much of a disaster as Philadelphia has looked like since Joel Embiid hurt his thumb, um, it's not, you know, not going to get any easier for the Heat. And obviously, um, you know, this was a, a five-game series that really probably, like, would have been four if the Heat, like, cared enough to just close things out in, uh, in Atlanta. Um, so it's, like I said, you know, it's, it's going to be a more of a challenge. The Heat are going to be favored, I think, against, clearly against whoever they play in the next round. I don't think anyone is going to be picking them over over Milwaukee or, or Boston in the conference finals, given uh, Milwaukee's you know defend you know, the defending champs and the way Boston has looked so far. Um, but I, I think the Heat still clearly are have as good a chance as anyone to come out of this this Eastern Conference, um, and it's because of what they can do on the defensive end. Um, but they're, I think they're, they're just going to need a little bit more on the offensive end. I think in whatever, you know, either of these, whoever they play in the second round and whoever they play in the conference finals, if they get there. How much of a, how big a deal do you think it is that this, this Sixers series looks like it's obviously going to go at least six, maybe seven games, and the Heat are going to get a uh, a, a significantly more tired team than, than themselves uh, when round two starts? Yeah, it's an advantage. I mean, um, obviously, like, anytime you have a rest advantage, that's, yeah. that's in your favor. Um, but especially with Philly and Toronto, because Philly, Embiid has a thumb injury mm-hmm. that he's dealing with. You can clearly see it's kind of bothering him a little bit. It's on his shooting hand. Um, not ideal for Philadelphia. Um, so, I, I, you know, him not getting a chance to rest that is big. And then for Toronto, like, they, their rotation is so thin. Like, they don't yeah. really go nine deep or even eight deep. Like, they play six or seven guys, big minutes. Um, if this series, You know, if they win this series, it'll have to go seven. And you only have you know two days before Game One in Miami. That's huge. Uh, it's a huge advantage for for the Heat. So yeah, I, I think it's big for the Heat because they can rest guys, and you know they've been dealing with injuries. And even like PJ Tucker, for instance, like yeah, he played and he played well in this series, but he was on the injury report the entire series because of yeah. half. Um, so he gets to rest that. Obviously, you know uh, Kyle and Jimmy and um, Caleb Martin, you know, kind of banged up a little bit as well. So. It's this is good for the Heat. They'll have a few days off. Spolster said he wants them to spend the next two days in the training room. They'll return to practice on Friday. Friday, he could know their opponent. They might not. Um, be really interesting to see if Toronto forces the game seven and really puts the pressure on Philly um, with Doc Rivers' history and all the James Harden drama. You know, they might they would be one loss away from yeah. being the first team to blow a three zero series lead. Um, so yeah, I think. You know, the Heat will enter this year just like they did in the first round, uh, with a big rest advantage over you know whichever team they play. It's nice to see the top seeds, at least in the East, really get rewarded. Um, yeah, because obviously Boston sweeps uh, Brooklyn, um, Miami sweep or not sweeps, but finishes off Atlanta really quickly. Um, you know, the, their rest advantages in both cases I think probably help those teams in, in Game One. Um, especially maybe Boston, where they 
you know, that was obviously one of the best round one games uh, I think we've, we've seen in a long time. And we thought all thought that series was going to go six or seven. And instead the heat or the, the ball Celtics win that first game. And we're able to sweep them out of the round, the first round. Um, but for the heat, you know, you, I mean, how many times have like, we th- thought about it where it's like, it's going to be a bloodbath in the East and, or usually in the West. And maybe the team from the East is going to be, uh, much better rested. The Heat, the Heat is kind of looking at that situation right now, where they got that one seed. Um, obviously, got them the most favorable round one matchup, I think, of anyone. And then in round two, you know, avoiding that Boston Milwaukee, like having to play one of those teams in round two. Again, I'm not, you know, the, the Sixers have Joel Embiid and uh, James Harden. I'm not going to say the Heat are just going to knock them out in the second round really quickly if that's what happens. Um, but the Heat are in a, a position where they might have only played 11 games or something by the time we get to the conference finals. And, you know, I think that Boston-Milwaukee series is going to be a war. And Miami, it can kind of snowball where the Heat gets the rest here. It helps you finish off the second round quicker. And then you get into the third round. And, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, who know, like I said, that's going to be a bloodbath, I think, on the other side. And, again, not, not saying that the Heat are going to just – walk over whoever they play in the second round, but right now it's looking pretty good for Miami. Yeah, and um, one thing I wanted to touch on before we close out here is the Heat's half-court offense. I know that's been a theme mm-hmm. we've touched on. Um, it, it still was an issue in round one. Right. Despite all yeah. of it, like, even in the wins, I know they were missing Kyle and Jimmy yesterday, um, but it wasn't great. And then game four, when the Heat won by – over 20-something points in Atlanta, they did it despite, you know, kind of a lot of struggles um, in the half court. So, yes, their defense was great. They scored, you know, like they do, they scored in transition. They made the most of, you know, every transition opportunity they had pretty much. They, you know, were pretty good with putbacks and offensive rebounds in the series as well. Um, But the half court offense, still shaky. And that is the thing I keep watching to see if there's any – you know, progress or growth shown. Um, and it was pretty shaky in the first round. I think Atlanta actually finished overall in the series with a better half-court offense than the Heat. That's pretty incredible. That. Yeah. Um, so against Boston, you know, that's, that's going to be something yeah, to watch Yeah, if the Heat for. plays the way they do on offense against Milwaukee or Boston in the conference finals, they have no shot. Even against maybe Philly, they don't have a shot. Yeah. If, if Joel and be, you know, Again, we're we're down on Philly right now, but um, still have Joel Embiid and James Harden. Last and yeah. last week when they were up three yeah. zero, um, and Joel Embiid was hitting step back threes to win uh, games in overtime, we were like, "There's five contenders in the East, or four. Right. You know, all four, any of the top four could easily not just make the finals, but maybe win the championship." Um, so I, I think I don't want to get too far down on Philly, even though I probably sounded like it um, this this podcast uh, because again of those two guys and what we, and I'm a big maxi guy and we know what they can do because we saw it for three games. Um, but yeah, the heat, you know, it's, it's a very positive, you know, anytime you win a first round series and four or five games, like it's hard to be too negative, but yeah, it was mo like the, the, it was a product of the defense. The offense will have to be better because the East is too good. You know, in some years we would have been like, they can, get to the conference finals easily just because of their defense or whatever, but the East is too good right now. Um, they are, have 
you know, the Celtics looked incredible. Um, they have to be better on the offensive end of the court if they want to make it to the finals, which is obviously the goal. Yeah, and um, one correction. Uh, actually, I'm looking it up here. Miami's half-court offense was better than Atlanta's over the entire series. What what it, what I was referring to was, if you don't count game one, which Miami's half-court offense is really good in game one. I mean, they you know, mm-hmm. Duncan hit eight of nine threes. If you right. take out game one and just, you know, for the last four games of the series, um, Atlanta's offense was a little better over the last four games of the series. Miami's – take out that game one, and I know that's kind of cheating, but uh-huh. take out game one and Miami's half-court offense was the worst in, in the playoff – in the NBA in the playoffs in that first round. Yeah. So that's not great. Um, yeah. There was injuries so, along the way, but still something that needs work and needs to improve if they right. really The biggest flaw they had in the regular yeah. season was still a flaw in the first round, but it yeah. didn't matter because the defense was so good. And because, again, they were the one seed and got to play an eight seed. That's what happens. Um, yep. You're supposed exactly. to take care of business like that. Um, all right. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, you got anything coming during these, these couple of days off or, or taking it easy until – Round two gets started. Yeah, we'll have a few things. Um, I'm, I'm actually it'll be up by the time this episode posts. But gonna write something just kind of looking back at round one and things we've learned mm-hmm. um, that could mean you know could mean something down the road in the playoffs. Uh, just kind of spinning it forward, um, and then just planning on something on, on writing on what we just talked about a lot, the Heat's defense in the next few days, and just kind of how, you know how that's again gonna be the thing that will lead them as far as they'll go. We'll see, you know. The half-court offense is going to play a role. It needs to be better. But if they're going to have a chance at a championship, if they're going to make the finals for the second time in three years, it's because it's going to be because their defense leads them. So I just talked to, I talked to a few guys about just what makes their, that, this group so special on the end of the court. Um, so I'll have that up in the next few days. Other than that, going to enjoy a couple nights off from covering games, which will be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Uh, I am hoping the Panthers will open the playoffs on Tuesday so that they, they will not interfere with the Heat second-round series. Uh, it is about to be uh, the most fun time of the year it can possibly be in, in Miami, right, where you got two, uh, two teams going in, in playoff round, in, on playoff runs. Uh, Marlins hit 500 last night, so uh, F, F1 is coming to town in a couple of weeks. I guess I'll be covering that for the Herald, so... Um, Busy times, obviously, in, in Miami, um, and I'm I'm really looking for I'm looking forward to watching the rest of this Philly uh, Toronto series, um, and I think either way that matchup, you know, the Heat I think will will be pretty strong favorite in the second round, but uh, I'm expecting a much more interesting competitive round two than I am around one. So, uh, but the rest of the playoffs have been awesome. I've been, I mean, it's it's been as fun a first round of the NBA playoffs as I can remember in a long time. Yeah, it's been fun. I, I'm. I'm really looking forward to next week if we get those alternating days between the Heat and the, and the Panthers. Like, yeah. like Monday Heat, Tuesday Panthers, Wednesday Heat, Thursday Panthers, like that. It's going to be a unique time. We've, we've touched on it before, but like... Yeah, we, we have never... Because we didn't happen last year, right? Because the way the seasons were uh, yeah. staggered out. I think the Heat were out by the time... I agree. I think Panthers so. started. Or no, there, I think a couple of them happened at the same time, actually. I think they were happening at the same time. But both teams were losing in the first round, so it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't as fun. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't last very long for either team. Um, right. But I think the thought is we might get a few weeks of the overlap, um, which will be very unique. I, I guess in 1990, I don't even know. I guess 96 maybe it happened um, when they they both made deep runs. But other than right. that, I think it's never yeah. happened. 
obviously, you know, the Panthers haven't won a playoff series since then. So, so yeah. uh, it's a really our only shot uh, if it was that year. Um, all right. Thanks again uh, for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week.